you know, after being in quarantine for so long, it's good to see smiling faces and, and real humans and not just all those grumpy faces on the TV. So let's, let's use those smiling faces to create a, a joyous noise this morning. Uh, we're going to sing This Is Amazing Grace if you guys will join us. The words will be up on the screen. Uh, but yeah, let's just have some fun this morning. Whose love is mighty 
seated this morning. As last week, we are going to forego the, the walk around and things of that nature today, just because there are some who uh, want to make sure to keep that social distance, and, and that may be wise, and we want to say good morning to all you guys, and good morning to all our members that couldn't be here today that are watching by uh, live stream, amen? Amen. I almost said pay-per-view, I don't know. <laughs> I have no, I'm glad, it's like, What? Yeah, right, right. Praise God. It's good seeing everybody this morning. Let's go to the Lord in prayer before we do any kind of announcements, because that's, that's the number one thing that we should be doing every day. Amen? And that, that, that means today as well. Every day, each one of us should individually be going to the Lord in prayer, but also, too, corporately going to the Lord in prayer. That's what's going to bring us through this, is drawing our our strength and our sustenance and all that we are spiritually and physically, not from CNN, MSNBC, Fox, or whomever you're watching on TV, anything that you truly want to build it up, the things that are truly to focus upon, all the things that are good come from above. Amen? So let's trust the Lord and let's go to him in prayer this morning. As we do so, I do want to remember, as you probably noticed when you came in, you almost always, always see Daryl's smiling face at that front door. Daryl had to jump in the car and head to Alabama this morning. Um, so I told him his mama is not doing well, and he asked us to pray for him. Safe journey, that he can get there safely, but also for his mom and dad, to, who are, um, uh, this is that, that time of the life where every, you know, it's a point on man once dying then to face judgment, but it still breaks our hearts when that happens. So let's continue, let's lift him up in prayer. The bees in box wanted to be here, couldn't be here because, um, uh, Bobby, I kept wondering, man, my mind's not there today. Bobby's got COPD and he said he just, he tried to come in, he just isn't going to make it in this morning. Keep our homebound in our prayers and also keep the nurses and the first responders in our prayers and let's just go in corporately and bring all this into the Lord, Amen. Father God, I come before you this morning and I just thank you for this opportunity that we can gather together in your house, that we can come together and freely and openly proclaim your righteousness and who you are. Brothers and sisters, gathering together to worship you, Lord, I pray that you will pour out your glory upon us, that we will be edified, but most of all that your name, who you are, will be glorified amongst your people. Reach down here amongst us today, Lord, and just bring a peace and a patience to those that are in here and those who are watching as well, Lord, anywhere. May all who call upon your name realize and recognize that saving grace of who you are. And Lord, if there is someone here today that does not know you, may you speak in such a fashion. Someone who's watching by live stream, maybe, may you speak to their heart in a way, whether it be through a song or through the word, whatever it may be, but may each one of us today be able to step, step back and recognize and realize that you are God, Lord of Lords, King of Kings, and still on the throne. So Lord, I do lay the bees and box down it, it before you this morning, Lord God, and I pray for Daryl to have safe traveling mercies as he goes to, to see his mom and his dad in Alabama, Lord, just get him there safely and, and protect him on the way. 
God, be with all those who are homebound and our nurses and all. And God, I just pray a special anointing upon those who choose to put themselves in a position to help others, knowing that it may compromise their lives as well. God, just give them the grace and the mercy and the power of knowing that they are doing your will in the way you would have them to do it. God, pour out your anointing upon us, I pray, Lord. In Jesus' holy name we pray, amen. 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 So I do have a few announcements I want to bring. Really, the the only true announcement to to put forward out of the bulletin would be that this is the last day. If you're planning on going, men to the fishing retreat, ladies to the spa retreat, uh, this is the day that we need to make sure we have that final knowledge of that. So get with someone and let them know. Get with Pastor Ray or, or, or Wendy and let us know that to get your name on that list for May. I, I'm assuming everything's still going. May is a pretty long ways out there, so I'm assuming we'll, everything's still flowing for our retreats. So please, if you want to go to the men's fishing retreat or the ladies' spa retreat, uh, let, let Ray or Wendy know. That being said... You know what, let me go ahead and touch this too. As you already know, worship service, this 11 o'clock worship service we are having, everything else is primarily canceled. Small group meetings, if you would get with your teacher, men's Bible study, things of that nature, get with your teacher to find out if uh, you're still having that, that's small enough to fit within their guidelines, things of that nature. I'm going to leave that up to the small group leaders, get with them about that. But all the other services have been canceled to to try to draw a parallel to show that we're not being obstinate. We're just wanting to come together and corporately worship one with another, our Lord and Savior. Amen? Amen. Now, that being said, too, understand when we're doing these things, there are those out there. In the last couple of days, I've had to field a whole lot of people who have a whole lot to say. And a lot of them not in the most nicest of ways. And here's what I've been telling everyone to remember People are afraid. People are scared. When people are afraid and scared, sometimes they act and do things they would not normally do. As Christians, we need to reflect the light of Christ. We need to continue, whether whether or not they, they call you names or whatever it may be, remember that he who lives within you is greater than he who lives within the world. And let's portray Christ back into those situations. Amen? So please, I want to implore you to to just continue to stand upon the word, continue to pray, continue to let that light shine forth from you that's greater than you are, and what's great about that is God will deal with their hearts and deal with who they are, and you'll be able to sleep at night because you didn't step out of his graces. Amen? So please focus on Christ. When someone's really, because there's been a couple of times I, I I just had to clench, pray, and then let God speak. And that's what we need to continue to do. Amen? Yes, sir, Gunny? <laughs> Imagine that. But what you got, Gunny? Thank you for Amen. You're welcome. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That being said, let, let me do say this, though. Remember, living in fear isn't really living. That's just existing. God has called us to do more than exist. He said the world is a scary place, but be of good cheer for I have conquered the world. We are to go out there not being silly, not doing dumb things. That's probably not a nice way of saying that, but, but still, you know what I'm saying. But we can do and go and be the lives that God has called us to be. Think before we act, but 
But we have been called to live our lives. Now, I wanted to share just some of the facts. I've been told I'm making things up. I'm not. I'm just, I want to share a few, a few facts with you. First of all, the, the virus is real. It does exist. It is something that is going through, through our population. And as um, I was listening to an epi- epidemiologist just this morning, it, 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 this is not unusual. The only thing that makes this one unusual is that we have no antibodies with, I mean, no immunities built up within us as of yet. That being said, most, if not all, at some point will eventually get this. And I share that for this reason. When you see the numbers start to go up as more test kits go out and the numbers go up, don't allow that to frighten you and live in fear because there's a good chance that you may have already or have it and are asymptomatic. In other words, it's not doing anything to you. Just because those numbers rise and the media loves to make things sound sensational, doesn't make it so. Trust the Lord. Use common sense. If, if you do have a compromised immunity, now I do believe as, as adults, you can make up your own minds. I'm not going to try to do that for you. But if you have a compromised immunity, you might want to take more precautions than others to make sure that those who may be carrying the virus is not compl- complicating your life even more. So be, be, be knowledgeable, think, think about it. When they sit there, keep talking about flattening the curve. That's not saying that people won't get it. That's meaning that everyone, everyone will not get it at the same time, which then the 1% that it does affect adversely overpiles our emergency rooms. Is that a fair explanation, Julie? The, so don't allow these terms that we don't fully understand to scare us. Amen. Take it to the Lord. Also, too, that being said, I want to put this out there. We have talked, and I put it in the newsletter. We put it uh, in different places. We are putting together a volunteer list or a COVID-19 task force, whatever you want to say. Member and non-member alike, this is an opportunity for the church to be salt and light into the world. If people are diagnosed and then... uh, tested and diagnosed and are told they must shelter in place and or quarantine as long as the law will allow us to do so call the church if you need groceries you need meds you need whatever we want to be able to be the hands and feet that if you are locked in at home if you want to be one of the volunteers on this list as well but we want to be the hands and feet to reach in not just the church members this is our community and we as a church should be reaching out into our community regardless. So if you would like to be a part of that, if you know someone who gets that, that order to shelter in place or to quarantine, call the church office. Say, I'm, I'm out of groceries and I'm not allowed to leave. Give us your address and we'll do whatever we can legally to get, make sure you get groceries or to make sure you get your medicines or whatever it may be. If you want to volunteer to be one of those that are the runners, please, again, call our office, get with, with, with Wendy or myself and we're going to put this together. This is not a time for the church to crawl under a rock and just hope that everybody else does it for themselves. The church are the one, is the ones who's been called to be the hands and feet of Jesus. For that reason, prayerfully, and again, I know I'm going to get accused off the live stream of being obstinate. This is not about obstinance. This is about helping our brothers and sisters. Amen. And helping our community. So if you know someone that gets in that position that needs groceries, meds, Whatever, please have them call us. If you want to be on that volunteer list, please call us as well. I want to put out also 3 o'clock this afternoon, the governor is, is going to be making another proclamation. 
I would suggest that everyone go and listen to see whatever the new proclamation is. This isn't just an update thing. This is another proclamation of some sort at 3 o'clock today. Um, in I, I, my last note here, as I said, uh, let's be salt and light in the world and not hateful. I think I already said that, but guys, regardless of what people say and do, understand they're afraid. And when we're afraid, we do things we wouldn't normally do and bite the hands that might be trying to help us. That's okay. Look what they did to Christ. But what happened when he looked over to Pilate and Pilate said, do you not understand I have the capability to take your life? Jesus, that's, Jesus hadn't spoken till then. But then he looked at Pilate and he said, you have no authority other than what God my Father has given you. We need to remember that. People may bite, yell, and scream, but they have no authority other than what my, my God my Father has given them. And I know the power that he has given me. Therefore, let's go out and be what God's called us to be. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. you may and secondly fear is just inherent within us and and that's kind of my sermon today and understand that satan if he can drum up doubt and fear he's going to keep you from doing what god's calling you to do and and it's not against the people as much as we need to make sure the people see the grace and mercy and power of god in us to shine out to them so that they can come forward and be so praise god if you feel that way i too uh that Gunny and I was talking just just this morning to be absent, to be present, to live is to be present as Christ, but to die is to be present. I'll get that right eventually. <laughs> to live is as Christ, to die is gain. <laughs> I, had, I had about three scriptures coming together in my mind right there at the same time. All by Paul, so we're good. Paul got it right anyway. Yes. Fear is a major component, but it's compounded by two other things. We have no control, personally, physically, we have no control, and the unknown. But something we need to remember, guys, this didn't catch God by surprise. Amen. This is in in his hands, and he's given us technologies and knowledge. Hallelujah. We just have to be patient and wait for that to be disseminated to us. Hallelujah. Amen. All right, Brother Ian, come on up. A little different looking out there, that empty, isn't it? But remember, they're watching you on TV. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no pressure, just say it. Father God, I do lift up my brother, and I know that he has come ready and willing and prepared to share the scripture we're reading with us and just give us what uh, you have laid on his heart. So God, may we open our ears and our hearts, not to what he says, but what you say through him. And may you bless him and his family for his willingness to, to come forward in obedience and share your word. God bless his, bless his life, his heart now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. Well, good morning, church, here and here, there, and everywhere. So Psalms 118.24 declares, This is the day which the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And as Julie Workman just stated over there, this did not catch God by surprise. Um, Exodus 2, verse 25 says, 
God saw the people of Israel and God knew. And this was from right before he was about to put something into place that is recorded in the book of, of Exodus where he did amazing things for his people and it certainly was an amazing journey, but it certainly didn't get, catch God by surprise. Um, God definitely knows what has happened. He knows what's going on and he definitely knows what he's going to do about it. So, you know, I found a quote just recently. It says, the sinking sands of this world are constant reality, but it often takes the storms of this life to reveal it. So, you know, it's, it's, just put that in perspective, that it's all about our frame of mind and what we're thinking. Um, you know, as some of you may have more time and may have more time to read or stuff, I, I found a really good uh, website that I've, 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 you know, benefited from their articles before, but they've had a whole series that are specific to kind of the COVID-19 um, pandemic going around, and, and I recommend it to you. It's called um, thegospelcoalition.org, and I just want to touch briefly on an article recently, the last couple of days, um, called Theological Reflections on the Pandemic, and it was by Reverend Brian Tapp. But um, one of the points he noted in there is that disease is often iconoclastic. Now, that might be a little bit of an uh, antiquated or esoteric word, um, but iconoclastic, it tears down. It casts down the idols and worldly ideas that our, our natural man holds sacred. And we have to remember that God is a jealous God and will have no other gods before him. Um, Exodus 20, verses 3 through 5 declares, says, You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make to yourself a carved image or any likeness or anything that is in heaven above or that is in earth beneath or that is in the waters or under the waters. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Um, a couple things that he notes that disease tends to, idols that we sometimes, you know, we don't think we worship idols, but things that we place, anything that's placed before God that we give more credence to is an idol. And one idol it casts down is the idol of security. I submit to you Psalms from, from Psalms 127.1. It says, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake but in vain. It also smashes the idol of prosperity. Um, first Tim, or Paul, um, Paul exhorted Timothy in 1 Timothy 6.17 to you know, pass on to those who were in his circle of, of ministry. He says, As for the rich in this present age, charge them that they be not haughty, nor set their hopes on uncertain riches, but on God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. And you know what, folks? It even smashes the idol of wellness. Um, Exodus 15.26, you know, makes it known that the wellness we experience is contingent on our obedience to God. God said, if you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God, to do that which is right in his eyes, to give ear to his commandments, and to keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon you that I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord your healer. Now, we might think, well, that's an amazing promise, so why are we so sick? We must realize that all of us live in a fallen world, and we are parts of that fallen world who have fallen short. Um, you know, we've been disobedient, both corporately and individually. However, we do have the opportunity to be part of God's redemptive process, which sometimes requ requires some suffering 
on our parts. Wisdom for sure, but not all right choices are easy. Philippians 1.29 says, For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ you should not only believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake. God has a role for each of us to maintain a functioning community, and this applies to all times, but even more so when times are extra challenging and the threads of function and sanity are fraying. Ephesians 4.16 states, For whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. God's got a role for us. He always does, but more so now than ever. You know, folks, we definitely serve a great and loving God. Jesus declared in John 10.10, The thief comes only to kill, steal, and destroy. I am come that they may have life and have it abundantly. You know, this is an incredible opportunity, but we have to remember that every opportunity comes with an opportunity cost. And I submit to you that the cost of living under his providence, provision, and protection is to seek him fervently, passionately, and obediently. The Apostle John had something to say um, from the Lord to the church in Laodicea, and this is recorded in Revelations three fourteen through 22. It says, And the angel of the church of Laodicea writes, The Lord of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. I would that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spit you out of my mouth. For you say I am rich and have prospered and need him nothing, not realizing that you are wretched and pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire, so that you may be rich, and white garments so that you may be clothed, and the shame of your nakedness may not see, the salve and salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. For whom I love, I I reprove and discipline. So be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. The one who conquers, I will grant to sit with me on my throne, as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So, Lord, we go to you now in prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you that while these are different times, they are certainly not unprecedented times. And we are certainly in the midst of a great cloud of witnesses who have gone before us. Lord, King Jehoshaphat prayed when he was faced with the fearful and life-altering predicament. If disaster comes upon us, the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this house and before you and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. We are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Thank you, Jesus.
Ian, you're a tough act to follow, buddy. <laughs> uh, we picked these songs this week uh, with a little bit more poignancy as to uh, what we felt like the congregation might need. Uh, so think about the words of these songs. Think about uh, how they're playing right now in your life. You guys can, can rise or take a comfortable position of worship. The words will be up on the screen. But let's sing. This is, I know whom I have believed. <laughs> That's not the song. <laughs> That's not the beat. <laughs> No, not by God's wondrous grace to me, he has made known. Nor why worthy Christ in love redeemed before his own. But I know I believe in and I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I committed. Through the word creating faith in him. But I know who I believe in and am persuaded he is able to keep that which I committed unto him against that day. I know not what of good or ill may be reserved for me. golden days before this face I see but I know I believe in and I'm persuaded he is able to keep that which I committed unto him against that day I know not when my Lord may come at night or noonday there for if I walk the veil within, or me in the air, but I know I believe it, and I'm persuaded that He is able to keep that which I committed unto Him against that day. One more time, but I know I believe it, and I'm persuaded. He is able to keep that which I committed unto him against that
this one. God sent His Son. They called Him Jesus. He came to love. He for By my father, an empty grave is there to prove my Savior because he lives. I can praise tomorrow because he lives. All fear is gone.
have a seat this morning and praise God for these guys that are willing to come out and lead us in worship this morning amen (laughs) wonderful selections this morning guys I don't even want to hear myself anymore after that amen if you have your Bibles this morning turn to the book of Psalms there's been one particular Psalm that I have heard uh, quoted many times this week in the midst of this. But unfortunately, I've also heard it quoted, misinterpreted as well. So I want to make sure that we look at this this morning and understand what the psalm is actually portraying and what the psalm is actually saying because there is incredible strength and fortitude gained from this psalm if we apply it the way God intended it to be applied. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Psalms 91. Because in, within Psalms 91, we need to, let, let me back up just a second. We have been left on this side of glory, and he has told us that as Christians, that doesn't mean we have a pie-in-the-sky attitude, that we just speak and everything's going to be given onto us at this moment. There are battles that are going to be raged. In fact, the battle rages every day around us, not between flesh and blood, but between the principalities of good and evil. There is a battle that's raging around us, and we are a part of that battle. But I would also say that in the midst of that battle, we are not alone. Even in this, as our president said, that we are in battle with an unseen enemy, however, we will win. Well, folks, I would share with you this morning, we have been in battle with an unseen enemy for a long, long time. And yes, the victory has already been won through the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? This should not be news to us. We know that the battle persists. But what happens is when we start focusing more on the battle than the victory... We get caught up in what can trip us up and take us down. It's when we stop and look at the victory, look to the fact, I am not alone. In the midst of whatever battle that that God allows us to to fall within, those of us who know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, the victory has not only been secured, but he said, I am with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Folks, in other words, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he dwells within you. And what we're about to see in Psalms 91 is that he surrounds us with his heavenly host at the same time. We're not in this alone. I don't, I'm not trying to face off some huge insurmountable enemy by myself. For that enemy would be insurmountable under my power. For Satan is a powerful entity, guys. Don't ever, don't ever think that it's a game to play with. But praise God, the one whom I chose to serve has already defeated him, took the, took the keys back to himself and has victory over death, hell, and the grave. And he said, whomsoever believeth in me shall not perish. Folks, I can have victory in the midst of the storm. Now the question I would put forth to you this morning is do you believe in angels? 
Amen. Most of y'all are saying yes. The Bible actually tells us there's many angels. We, there's many occurrences. We just did a study a little while back in our Sunday evening classes about the angels and everywhere they're mentioned and what kind of angels and who was this and who was that. I don't know if I have ever seen an angel. However, I do know that Hebrews 13.2 says, Do not forgo the entertaining of strangers, for you may be entertaining unwittingly an angel. In that being, in that being said, I may have had inter, uh, uh, interactions with angels at one point or another. In fact, I can think of a, a few times in my life they probably were angels, but I can't prove that. But that doesn't change the fact that angels exist. Now, here's the problem that, that we tend to run into sometimes, and we're going to talk about this for the next little bit. The next question I would present to you is, do you believe in guardian angels? Because you see, the phrase guardian angel comes from the ancient Jewish tradition that God assigns every child when they are born an angel at the time of their birth. And that angel accompanies that person throughout their life. Now, I'm not go- I don't know. I'm not sure if we have a guardian angel or not. The scripture's never that clear to tell me I have this guardian angel. However, I do know that I am surrounded by a witness every day. I am surrounded by angels every day. Paul tells us, as I said a moment ago, in Ephesians 6, they are warring around me every day. They are at war continually. But what they are at war about, guys, is for my soul and the souls of others that are around me. They are fighting to protect me spiritually. They are fighting to protect me. And will they intercede on this physical level sometimes? Sure. If it's God's will, will they intercede and stop this or that at times? If God so directs it, we can look in the scripture and and he had sent entire armies of angels at times. When Elisha prayed for his, 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 his protege to open his eyes, Elijah to open the eyes, he looked out and there was a whole mountain full of flaming chariots. He will send the angels to intercede in our physical lives, but primarily this battle is raging every day and we have these angels around us and they're protecting us spiritually. So why am I pointing out Psalms 91? In Psalms 91, this is an incredible psalm. It is an incredible psalm to remind us that we are not alone. That we are into this battle together. That God has not forsaken us. That God has sent his angelic host to protect us. But yet, we are to also apply this with wisdom. And knowledge, we need to understand what God actually meant by this. As I've heard a whole lot in the last week, people kind of cherry-picking out of this, thinking I can do whatever I so desire because God won't allow me to stub my toe, toe, because he said there's an angel there that's going to keep me from doing so. No, that's not what God said. If you go out there and you kick the tire of my truck, it's probably going to hurt. You know, it's just not the way it was intended to be here. But let's look at this together. In Psalms 91, Morgan came to me and she said, you need to tell me what verses because I'm reading you the whole thing. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. The one who lives under the protection of the Most High dwells in the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, he himself will deliver you from the hunter's net, from the destructive plague. He will cover you with his feathers. You will take refuge under his wings. His faithfulness will be a protective shield. You will not fear the terror of the night, the arrows that fly by day, the plagues that stalk in darkness, or the pestilence that ravages at noon. Though a thousand fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, the pestilence will not reach you. You will only see it with your eyes and witness the punishment of the wicked." 
Because you have made the Lord my refuge, the most high, your dwelling place, no harm will come to you, no plague will come near your tent, for he will give his angels orders concerning you to protect you in all your ways. They will support you with their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the young lion and the serpent. Because he is a lovingly devoted to me, I will deliver him. I will exalt him because he knows my name. When he calls out to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and give him honor. I will satisfy him with a long life and show him my salvation. Praise God. And we should be saying, thank you, Jesus. What an incredible blessing and an incredible promise, especially when we understand what he's trying to say here. God does send angels to protect us. And he does care about us. And, he, and, and we're not, he's not allowing us to, to have to go through the same persecutions that the wicked will do at one time when it comes to that, that final day per se. But what he also is telling us here is that I, I am sending these angels to you and they are coming under my directives. They're coming to do what I have called them to do. You see, when we look around, we may not physically see these angels, but they are there. If we could actually see the angels around us, they would either probably overwhelm us with their beauty or knock us down by their, 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 their fiery power. As we study the angels, they, they go from one extreme to the other in what they can and what they will look like at times. It's not for us to just try to see and make them a tangible part of our lives. That's not what God intended, nor is it how we should look at the angels that they are here at our beck and call to do what we think they should do that they should not be uh, just placed in a box it says guardian angel and therefore they have to protect me either way that you see them the angels are real it's how we interact with the angels that matters now i will say that the thought that psalms 91 points out rolls through my mind very often it comes through me and gives me a a strength and a security. Uh, I was at one time told that I was being flippant and obstinate. It's not that I'm flippant and obstinate. I walk with my head held high, not because of who I am, but because I know who abides and lives within me. And there's nothing that can transpire because as we sang a while ago, my God knows tomorrow. My life is in the hands of the one who created everything. And because of the power and the joy of knowing that my God resides within me and he ends his psalm here and show him my salvation because I have the salvation that was bought with a price that could never be paid by anything of this world and he's gone to prepare for me a place with hands not of this world because I know that he is my Lord and my Savior and he still sends a heavenly host to surround me. I can walk with security not because I have a guardian angel at my beck and call. I can rub a magic lamp and he comes out and does this. I can walk knowing that the angels that war around me are protecting me to the point that God has called them to do so and if he could speak the heavens and the earth into existence and defeat death hell and the grave and do all these things and still say I love you enough I'm going to give you my salvation I'm going to rescue you I'm going to honor you I'm going to do these things with you if my God's going to give all that to me though I choose though I'm not worthy of course I'm going to choose life and I'm going to choose to glorify him in the midst of the most in the midst of the most heinous situation I can hold my head high because I am not alone he who lives within me is greater than he that lives in this world and for that reason it's not that I have a guardian angel I have God praise God for the angels that are around me and we're going to talk about those angels but even more so he did not tell me to put my faith in a guardian angel 
He didn't tell me to put my faith in the media. He didn't tell me to put my faith in the president of the United States. He didn't tell me to put my faith in any other. I don't need any other savior for I have Jesus Christ. That is my savior. That is my strength. That is my courage. Joshua said, I can stand strong and courageous. Why? Because he was a big man. Because he had a big God. That's where we stand, guys. That's where we need to understand that God's in control. Now, do we have angels? Sure. They, the, the Bible supports angels incredibly much so. And Jesus seems to speak of the existence of angels quite often and very early in our lives. If you, if you remember in Matthew chapter 18, verse 10, he's looking to the people there and he says, Take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones coming unto me, for there are angels in their angels in heaven are looking onto the face of my father ouch that means the that means from very young those children are assigned an angel now this isn't the the sermon for it right now but you know the thought that goes through my mind when I every time I read that is can you imagine the cry that must go out in heaven from these angels every time another child is aborted I know that this isn't the sermon for that. It's just running through my mind because every time I think about that, every time another child's life is taken, that angel that was assigned, it makes my heart cry out. And if it makes my heart cry out, can you imagine what it must make that angel that was assigned there? That, that's not where I was trying, intending to go with that. But still, we have these angels right there at very young. But it's not just with the children. He doesn't just assign that angel as a child. I'm not saying that there is a guardian angel, but I'm saying that we as adults have angels as well. If you look at verse 11, notice what it says there. For he will give his angels orders, what? Concerning you. Concerning me. What? To protect me in all of my ways. The angels aren't just for the children. Praise God they're there. Praise God that he tells us from very early that those children have those angels there. But he's saying he's also going to give angels charge over our lives. But the next verse in chapter 12, notice what it says. They will support you with their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. In other words, when Satan tries to attack. Turn over to Matthew. I want us to notice something in Matthew. In Matthew chapter 4. In Matthew chapter 4, starting in verse 5. Then the devil took him to the holy city. This, he's talking about Jesus. It's the temptation of the Lord. And had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written. We know where it was written. We just read it, but let's read it again. He will give his angels orders concerning you, and they will support you with their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. And what did Jesus say? It is also written, Do not test the Lord thy God. Do not test the Lord your God. Satan's first attempt at tricking Jesus Christ was to focus on the role of angels. What does that say? That means that it's possible for us to be rather presumptuous and dangerous with our choices in our life. That we can start thinking, well, I can believe that angels have to protect me from every little thing. That's not what God was saying. That's not what Christ, that's not what the Lord was saying through the psalmist in Psalms 91. Satan thought that he could even trick Jesus into trusting in just his guardian angel. Then how much more so is he going to try to trick us into putting our faith in some kind of guardian angel? And making us think, well, I'm invincible. I'm indestructible. 
Yes, angels are real, but we need to be cautious with what we do with that reality, guys. The angels are real, and they are battling around us, but they're not battling to do our beck and call. They are battling to do what God has called them to do to protect us spiritually. They are here in the midst of this coronavirus, or COVID-19, or whatever its name is now. They are here right now. And, that, and they are fighting for us right now. But that does not give us the right to act ungodly or unwisely and just take, to expect our angels to take the hit for us. No, we are still to be in prayer daily. We should be acting as the Lord would have us to act in every situation and in every person that we come into. The, the, the angels are battling all around us. Doesn't mean we are going to see them, but they are fighting for us and they expect us to do our part that God has called us to do as well. We're not just to fall back and, 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 and act like, oh, I can do anything I want to here. The angels are active, but oftentimes I think because we don't see them, we don't really realize it. Well, the angels are doing this or they're doing that. Ain't, the angels will do, you can't really put angels in a box. This is what they do. If you think about it, in Acts chapter 5, Peter was thrown in jail and then we know what happens. The angels come, and at night, the, the Lord, through the angel, opens the jail cell, and Peter walks out free. Hallelujah. Well, then guess what happens in chapter 12 of the book of Acts? He's in jail again. The angels come, shake the cells. He gets out. He goes over to somebody's house, knocks on the door. The servant girl comes and says, hey, Peter's at the door. She's so scared, she, you know, she just kind of runs back in, doesn't let him in. And she goes and tells everybody, Peter's outside. And they tell her, what? You're crazy. It must be his ghost. He can't get out of that jail cell. No, he was out because the angels let him out again. So what does that mean? At least twice, Peter was let out of jail by angels. At least twice. Now, let's bounce forward quite a bit into Acts. Where's Paul? Paul spent most of his life, it seems like, in jail. He's in jail all the time. Man, that sounds bad, doesn't it? But he's in jail for the right reasons. All the time. But not one time do we ever see an angel let him out of jail. And you say, well, well, that's not fair. Why do the angels do it for Peter and not for Paul? I don't know. Ask God. But he didn't. But yet, he did see an angel. You remember when he's floating on that ship and there's 275 other people with him in chapter 27 and, and, and the ship is in this storm and they're all breaking up and everybody's ready to jump in the river, uh, river jump in the ocean and, and we're all going to die and everything's going bad. And what does he say in verse 23 and 24? Paul looks at him and says, For there stood by me this night an angel of God whom said unto me, Do not be afraid for it is appointed on you to stand before Caesar. And, all, and I will give you the lives of all those who travel with you as well. Hallelujah! The angel moment came on that ship. It wasn't in a jail cell. Paul didn't need him in the jail cell. Paul needed him on that ship. Peter never got on the ship, so he didn't need a ship angel. He needed the jail angel. What I'm trying to say here, guys, is you can't just try to box up an angel and say that this angel has to do this or that has to do that. The angels come into play when it seems to be a very spiritual crisis intervention. They rarely appear in our everyday life just to reach out and touch. They are involved in life and death situations. They are involved in, the, in our spiritual battle around us. We see this even with Jesus. He, when he was in jeopardy of dying and King Herod said, go kill all these little boys... The angel came unto Joseph and said, grab Jesus and get to Egypt, protect him. 
Now the question comes to mind, why can't I believe that angels are in the midst of this battle? Or if they are here, why aren't they doing this or that? And this is what I was trying to allude to a while ago as well. Satan, his biggest tool that he has is doubt and fear. And if he can make you doubt one, maybe he can make you doubt the other. Because you think about it, Jesus, the, the angel came and told Joseph, get Jesus out of here. But what about all the other young boys that Herod had put to death? Where was their angel? Just like in the Garden of Eden, if Satan can find a loophole that make you doubt and fear, he's going to do everything he can to tear you down. If he can make you say, well, if the angels didn't step in here, the angels must not be real. And if the angels didn't step in here and they're not real, then they must not be real. The God must not be real either. And therefore, if God's not real, what am I going to do? What about all the children that get hit by a car or swallow poison or, or aborted before they ever even get a breath of air? Where are their guardian angels? They, they must not be real. What about John the Baptist? His, 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 he was announced by Gabriel that this was a, a, a special child. But yet what happens? He gets beheaded and killed in prison. If anyone deserved or needed a guardian angel, you would have thought it was John the Baptist in the scheme of things. How many countless thousands of Christians have died? And and where was their angel? See, those are the things that Satan is going to whisper into our ears and say, see, those angels aren't real or those angels don't have power. And because they're real and they don't have power, why do you believe in God? When we start putting our thought that Psalms 91 is about a guardian angel and you still stub your toe and you still get sick and you still this, Satan's going to come in and say, see, God's not real. Where's that guardian angel you were talking about? That, that, that doubt comes from the pits of hell itself, guys. The angels are real. They exist. But they're not here to do our beck and call. They're here to do what God has called them to do. The big truth here, guys, that mature Christians have a, a hard time grappling with sometimes is we think that life should be fair. That, that, that I accepted Christ, therefore I should not have to go through any of this stuff. Think about what you just said when you say something like that. Was it fair that he had to be beaten to the inch of his life and then still crucified so I don't have to be? No. I often wonder why so much beating? You know, if he had to die for me, that's sad because we know that the, there is no remission of sins without the shedding of blood. Okay, I understand he, he, was, he was obedient unto the point of death and allowed himself to become my propitiation upon that cross. But why did you have to beat him so much, God? It's not fair that he took all that for me, but yet I can now look back and say, there's nothing that can happen to me that my God has not already handled himself. And he chose to go through it. And if he could choose to go through that beating, then I think I can choose to be called some ugly names and still stand for him. Amen? I think I can still go forth and stand on his righteousness. Though my righteousness may buckle and break, his is solid and strong. The Bible says that he allows the rain to fall on the just and the unjust alike. We're on this side of glory. We are in this battle together. The thing is, will we capture and wrap our arms around others and bring them into the fold? Or are we going to push them away and lock them away because we don't believe God's with us anymore? So we're going to hide out in a cave somewhere. 
We should be standing and being the hands and feet of God and proclaiming that though you may not see that angel, though you may not see God in your midst, I guarantee you that he is working and the peace that God brings isn't something tangible, it is a peace within our heart to be able to stand and fight and do and smile and still have the grace and mercy of God going out from me because it's not about the situation and the circumstance I'm in, it's about the glory of God where I'm going to go one day. Amen? That's what we got to focus on, guys. It, 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 it is not so much protection as it is a peace and knowledge of knowing my God is for me. He is here right now. And it's purely a matter of grace that he has chosen to bring out his perfect will in my life. See, the things that happen in our lives, we may not understand, but God sees the whole picture. It's hard for us to understand the beating that Christ had to take. But 2,000 years later in his word given unto us in study and prayer, we can look back and say, because now I realize there's nothing that I can't go through because my God's already been through it. But at the time, no one understood. Now, you may be thinking, is there a way to reconcile this, this thought, the existence of angels and their lack of protection? How do I bring all that together? I'm going to say something again that's rather hard to understand sometimes. But understand this, God has limited himself in relation to you and I and our free will. You say, God is limited? I didn't say God was limited. I said God limited himself by giving us free will. In other words, he cannot let us be free to make our own choices and still have us do only what we know what's right. By giving us choice, now he works all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. He knows how everything's going to come to be. But he gave us that free will. And with that free will, we tend to mess things up. And if God has limited himself to our free will, then obviously the angels are going to be limited by that free will also. They're not go- you want to go out and kick the tire. That angel's saying, don't kick that building. Don't go kick that rock. That's going to hurt. Don't stick your hand like Winnie the Pooh up in that beehive thinking you can get honey out of there and not get stung. It's going to hurt. But if you choose to do it anyway, God still loves you. He still cares about you. But he'll be sitting back there doctoring those bee stings because they're still going to happen. Just like when you had your kids. You let them jump that ramp with their bicycle or climb that tree knowing they might fall out and hurt themselves. You wouldn't let anyone come in and hurt them from the outside. You wouldn't let anyone else come in and intrude in this. But if you tell them, son, you climb that tree, you might fall out. And they climb that tree anyway. Well, guess what? They're about to learn. God allows us to learn those lessons. But he said, I'll never leave you, nor will I ever forsake you. I'll be here to the ends of the earth, to the ends of time, everlasting to everlasting. Folks, nothing If we thought that nothing bad could ever happen to us, we would go out there. If we thought all danger was eliminated and and I can be super Christian just because I I know Christ. My my spiritual eternity has been set. And I know that I will stand in his presence one day. But on this side of glory, he expects us to use the common sense and wisdom he's given us. To go forth and put together uh, actions and choices that run in line with what the scripture has said. Knowing that the battle is all around us and the angels are fighting for the principalities of good for us. 
They are fighting for us against the bad. We don't have to worry about that battle as much as I need to do what God's called me to do. I just put my trust in the fact that my God's fighting for me. God, what would you have me to do this day? Who would you have me to speak to? How and where would you have me to go? And that way I don't have to worry about what the world says. I don't have to worry about what the media calls you. You don't have to say this or you don't have to say that. As long as you got on your knees and you trust the Lord and say, God, what would you have me to do today? And you're doing to the best of your ability what he calls you to do not trusting a guardian angel but just trusting that God's got it under control you will be what God has called you to be and you will go to sleep at night everybody else may be upset and in turmoil but you'll be able to close your eyes and relax in the fact that I can have peace in the midst of the battle or I can have just as much peace when I go to sleep at night because it's not about me it's all about him that's where we need to focus it's not about counting on angels It's about counting on Christ. God, where are you in the midst of this? Where where are you wanting me to go with this? How do you want me to say this? Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do here, Lord? Not, I have a guardian angel at my beck and call. Jesus, when he stood on top of that temple, he could have called the angels. He could have jumped off. He could have jumped off and had the angels not allow him to stub his toe. But that's not the example he was setting for us. Instead, he allowed himself to portray to you and I that it's not for us to test the Lord thy God. He had access to those angels. And we have access as well. And God says, I chose not to call them. I chose to trust my father. How much more should we not call on them and trust our heavenly father? In the midst of this corona scare... In the midst of whatever other battle, and some of you may be fighting on several fronts. You may be having a hard time making hours and wondering where your finances are going to go. You got kids at home and you don't know uh, what to do and how to handle all the youngins. Whatever it may be, take it back to Christ. Lord, where are you? What do you want me to do? Because our circumstances are out of our control, because our, the things that's happening in our life is beyond us, it wouldn't surprise me if the angels didn't come in and rescue us in many ways. But am I going to count on the angels, or am I going to count on Christ? I'm going to put my, put my bet on the Lord. Now, we can pray, and we should pray to be spared from tragedy. We should be uh, praying to, to have the responsibility to act accordingly in the things that God has given us. We should be praying for our brothers and sisters as Daryl as he's traveling and those who may be locked in place and quarantined and all that. We are to think about what we do. When, I, when Julie and I or whoever's with me are traveling down south to speak, I'm, I'm always praying for safe travels and, and that God would direct our pathways. But I'm still going to drive to the best of my ability and use the wisdom that I've acquired over my years of driving to get, her, to get us down there and back safely. I am going to do the things that I need to do because these are the things he's given me and put the rest in his hands and trust him. What I'm trying to share with you this morning is simple. Psalms 91 lets us know that we serve a mighty God that loves us enough that he put a heavenly host about us. And if we will call out onto him, he is there and he is attentive and he is listening. But if I start thinking I can use him and use the angels to my own accord, I'm going to be really upset. But when I stop and say, Lord... Just just clear the path, do what you would have me do, but I just want to be your emissary. 
I trust you in all that's transpiring around me, and I just want to speak forth your power. It is at that moment that you'll have a peace in your life to be able to say, what, regardless of what the 3 o'clock meeting of the governor says, regardless of what the CDC says, regardless of what King Tut says, I don't care. My God's on the throne. And it's only going to come to be the way he has already designed it to come to be. I don't have to worry about tomorrow. I have to be resourceful and think and be what God's called me to be. But I don't have to worry because tomorrow's already handled and in his hands. Amen. Now, you and I, if you don't, if, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can't say the same. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he said that, I, I, I came. I walked the face of this earth. I did what I was called to do by my Heavenly Father so that I could reestablish this connection between you and I. But you have to accept it because I'm limiting myself to your free will. I don't want to force you, but I love you enough that I will put these choices before you. And if you will choose grace and mercy, if you will choose the gift that I have given you, that I will wrap my arms around you and I'll have a heavenly host battling around you and I will never leave you or forsake you. You will never be alone in the midst of this battle again. But it's your choice. And as I said a while ago, I love that Joshua said, as for me and my house, I choose to serve the Lord. Now it's up to you and your house. What do you choose this morning? You want to be able to walk circumspectly and without fear? Then put it over and give it over into the hands of God. That's where it comes from. That's where that that fearlessness comes from. It's not bravado. It's the grace of knowing to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And I can have that assurance because of what happened on a hill of Calvary several thousand years ago. And that same gift is still just as pertinent. It doesn't have an expiration date. Actually, it does when he returns. But as long as he has still got breath in our body and he has not returned, it's still just as valid. And you can lock a hold of that today. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior... I pray that you'll put your faith in him before it's too late. If you do know him as your Lord and Savior, sure, read Psalms 91. Call out upon the Lord and understand you're not alone. But don't put your faith in a guardian angel. Put your faith in the one who said he'd never leave you or forsake you. If there's fear in your heart, that's okay. Just give that fear over unto the Lord. Because he is that leader who said, I will stand and fight in front of you. Paul said every day, get up, put on the full armor of God. Knowing that the battle is at hand. But I will never leave. This morning, this altar is going to be open. If you don't know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, I want to encourage you to to come to this altar and accept him. If you do know him this morning, maybe you just want to come to this altar and pray. You can pray right where you're at. You can come to this altar. I'll pray with you. Brother Ray will pray with you. Reverend Ray will pray with you. Whomever, whatever God is calling you to do. 
Will you accept that this morning? Will you commit yourself to that? Will you go home today and rather than turning on CNN or Fox or whomever and be afraid, you can turn it on and get your news source if you like from there, but will you look at the back at that TV and say, talk all those things you want, my God's bigger. I want to hear where I'm going, but Lord, what are you telling me through them? Trust the Lord this morning. Put your faith in him. I promise that he is far greater in knowledge than any talking head you find on TV. Put your faith in Christ this day. Let's all stand. I want to lead us in a word of prayer. Father God, I come before you this morning. And as you said in Psalms 91, we want to make you our refuge. We want to put our faith in who you are and what you are. Knowing that the angels surround us, knowing that you are on the throne, knowing that you said you would never leave us nor forsake us, I pray, this as we sang a while ago, Lord, that because you live, because you live, I can face tomorrow. Because you live, all fear is gone. Because you live, Father, it's why we're here. May thy will be done in the hearts of your people. May we truly put all that we are into your holy, heavenly, capable hands. And may thy will be done. And Lord, again, I lift up this entire situation that's surrounding this world. You didn't wake up and say, oops, I didn't know that was coming. You know exactly what's where. And I thank you that I don't have to worry about it. May your will be done in the lives of your people, Lord. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. As we sing this morning, if God's telling you to sing, sing. If he's telling you to come to this altar, come to this altar. If he's telling you to pray, pray where you're at, whatever it is. But let's give the next few moments to the Lord this morning. Chris. We fall down. We lay our Yeah.
God's speaking to you this morning. He is holy. Will you cry that out this week? When fear starts to crowd into your mind and your heart and pull you down, that's Satan whispering in your ear, doubt, doubt, doubt. That's when you should look up and say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Or if we do not cry it out, the very rocks will. Why not the people of God? In the midst of what Satan thinks is a victory, may the light of God shine. And may the world see that in the midst of darkness, the church can't be put out because the church is not a building. It's not a person. It's Jesus Christ in us as the church. Amen? Amen. Put your faith in him this week. I praise God for each one of you that are here this morning And guys, put your faith in him in all aspects, whatever it is in your life. And just trust that he will bring things to be the way he would have them to be. If you're here this morning and and you find out later on this week or whenever that there are those who are getting quarantined or sheltered in place, please let us know who they may be or give them our number and tell them call us if they need things and we're going to do to the best of our ability to be the hands and feet back into our community But let's not walk with fear. Walk circumspectly. Walk with wisdom. You know, personal hygiene was something I hope you were doing prior to this. (laughs) However, if not, wash your hands now. Let's walk wisely and let's be what God has called us to be so that we can know that the world sees the light of Jesus. Regardless of what the media says, my God's light is brighter. Amen? Good seeing everybody this morning. I praise the Lord for each one of you. Again, there are no services this evening. Uh, get with your uh, small group leaders as far as if, you want, if they're having their Bible studies throughout the week. And guys, just continue to focus on Christ. And when you go home, eat a great meal, study your word, and just sit back and relax knowing that my God is still God. He's large and in charge, and there's nothing on this world that can ever knock him off his throne. Amen? Amen. Brother Ray, will you close us in prayer, brother?
for me. 